Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 90 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm joined here by Bera. Hey, everyone. It was so hard not to say Allie right there. <laughs> uh, Tristan. Stay fresh, everybody. Too many people did not stay fresh in this squid game. And although, and although Allie cannot make it tonight, we are joined by a special guest who, who has been on our show before, and that is Carrie. Hi, Carrie. That's going to be my intro every time I enter a room. Jesus. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so I'm badass. I'll, keep, I'll put that in the show notes. That's going to be my MMA theme, so just so you know. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Great. Um, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? What have I been up to? Um, well, I'm actually working on a little short film. Um, just a cute little rom-com of two people on a date, and uh, they draw pictures of each other. Um, I'm hoping to shoot that next month. Um, not much going on. I actually moved to a new house. My we've been we've been packing stuff from our old house, and moving into our new house for the past uh, feels like a year actually. It's been a few months, but we're kind of we're at the final stretch, and I'm kind of just chilling my new pad, and it's pretty good. It's not too bad. I kind of miss visiting friends. Been kind of catching up on that. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all with the with the yeah. pandemic? But and, and every people moving, pandemic things, everything. But oh, I should, I should also mention that Dan, it was the first time I ever saw your face because we all we all went on a camping <laughs> yes. trip a few months yes. ago. Yeah. So yeah. now I finally have a face to put to a face <laughs> and a personality and a sense of humor to put to the voice <laughs> behind the computer. <laughs> Carrie's just like picture. He's like, oh, this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, in case you weren't, in case you clicked on this somehow accidentally and weren't reading the title, uh, we are talking about Squid Game, which is uh, mm-hmm. Time of Print, one of the newest and most popular Netflix shows ever. Popular, I think, was like the number one show in like every country on Netflix or something. For like, like a that. brief moment, yeah. Um, here in the U.S., I think um, I think something else just kind of beat it out on terms of like the Netflix, like the hypest things on Netflix right now. I think it finally got yeah. moved to number two. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, super popular. Mm. It was at number one the first at its release, right? Like for two weeks. Oh yeah. My friends, so this all is my like, friends were like, were just raving about it. And I finally just gave it and watched it. And it was really, really good. So we've all watched it. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We have yep. 100% so, all watched Squid Game. Now, And hopefully you listening at home have as well. Yeah. So because, we are going to be. Sp- yeah. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Major League spoilers, folks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to. We, 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 you know, this, this show is all about spoilers as evidenced by the title. We're going to be talking about everything that happened uh, throughout the series, uh, our thoughts and our take on the ending, some of the other plot twists, some of the commentary and what we thought about the show overall. Um, mm-hmm. Before, before we get into it though, it has been a couple of weeks since we've done one of these things. And I say a couple of weeks, I didn't actually look back at the date. It's probably been more than that, but uh, what, what has any, everybody been up to other than like squid game as far as media you're really jazzed about or or consuming whether it's movies games anything like that tristan i guess i'll start with you yep uh so i've 
wasn't planning on, but I have picked up Metroid Dread. I mm. am almost done with it. Yeah. Uh, the last boss sucks. <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Oh my god, why does he have four phases and I'm stuck in the second one? Oh. Yeah. Um, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Um, I've been watching Squid Game. I've been uh, mainly binging uh, for for Western shows. I've been mainly binging uh, Foundation and What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I love that show. Oh, it's so good. It's it's, so it's really good. funny. It's just like it's basically just the movie, but there's just more of it and just more good stuff and just a bigger oh, yeah. world. It's great. I love it. Um, and then I've been anxiously awaiting for this new anime season to start, and uh, this is going to date this episode, uh, but just today, finally, uh, also on Netflix, the first episode of Comey Can't Communicate finally dropped here in the US, and it's so good. What's Comey Can't Communicate about? Uh, Comey Can't Communicate is about... This girl with a communication disorder and massive social anxiety and her quest to make a hundred friends. <laughs> well. It is as adorable and heartwarming and wholesome as it sounds. So the opposite of Squid Game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Very cool. Um, I'm just I'm just randomizing my order here. Kerry, is there anything in particular you wanted to shout out or something that you've been... Um, uh, I guess so. Um, yeah, I've been watching what we do in the shadows. It's one of my favorite shows on television. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Um, I've actually watched, uh, Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special, which is really great. And he's obviously going for some really big swings on it. Um, but you know, I love Chappelle. I think he's one of the best comedians ever. He's always just like, he's like a comedian who's very sharp and kind of makes you think a lot about like where our society is and makes all these connections that people wouldn't normally see, which is really fascinating. And that that, that comedy specials kicked up, kicked up a lot of drama. Oh yeah. It it totally has. He's, he's just, I think, I feel like he's just playing devil's advocate just for the sake of comedy, but I feel like there's just more underneath than just that. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, people have their opinions and that's fine. That's a whole other ball game. Um, I also watched, this is, this, this is kind of going against like the sort of, I guess, pulp entertainment um, verve that we're bringing on this pop. But I watched Ridley Scott's new film, The Last Duel. Um, mm. I actually enjoy the film a lot, and um, basically, it's 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 basically Rashomon in the in the medieval ages. So Ooh. yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, the story is not. It's basically about a rape and. Matt Damon and Adam Driver basically have a duel to defend the girl's honor. That's the bare bones of what I'm talking about. But um, the fight scenes are epic. Ridley Scott does a great job at just painting a, a picture of the world of the medieval ages in France. Um, I think it's one of his better epics. It's obviously not a... I wouldn't say it's a box office uh, hit <laughs> where it is right now. It actually made like astronomically lower... Um, Oh, yeah, a lot yeah, of cash than its well. budget itself. It's not doing well at all. I think it's a great. Fi- I think it's a great film. It's obviously a film that you might have to be in the mood for, but I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, well, it is also coming out at roughly the same time as Dune, 
and a new James Bond movie. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's up against some. Uh, up against some harsh competition. Well, I mean, also let's let's remember what actually had the the top box office when it balled, which is Halloween Kills as well, too. I mean, <laughs> like, I let's let's remember here. I knew like, Barry was going to come in with the Halloween Kills. Well, it's, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, like don't like don't, uh, don't 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 shunt away the champ in spooky season. Let the champ shine. Yeah, no, it is. Give it the is people spoopy. what they want. It's spooky uh, times. The um, people's champ. <laughs> Michael Myers. Uh, it's funny though. I, I actually I, I want to see Halloween Kills really actually for one reason and one reason only, which is that I'm a, I am I'm a fan of the uh, of the metal band Ghost, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of things that they they do a number of like homages to 80s stuff. Um, and I don't they I haven't heard them say that this is what they had in mind, but they have like a a really nice song Hunter's Mood over the credits for Halloween Kills that they wrote for the film. And I, they're oh, sort nice. of doing like the doc, what Dockett did with um, uh, Nightmare Before Elm Street Dream Warriors, uh, which is um, uh, they, you know, the song Dream Warriors is a freaking banger. Also, the movie Dream Warriors, Nightmare Before Elm Street Warriors, is really good too. Um, definitely recommend them both. Uh, in terms of what I've been into um, lately, um, I for the most part, uh, you know, I guess the thing that's media that's most kind of is that I'm, uh, thanks to Tristan giving me a large crate of them. I have, and then mm-hmm. a second large crate. <laughs> I've been reading Berserk, and I really, really, really like it. I really watched a podcast about it. Um, oh yeah, it's like you know. So the, actually, Barra, I've been meaning to ask, and I wanted to save it for this. Where are you currently? Uh I am at the. I am on volume. I'm on volume twenty six. I do believe. Um, is right after. Right after they go into the dark world. Oh, oh, the the volume that ends with there the dark world and the trolls and such. And they found where gotcha. the trolls um but uh it's kinda cool because that's like Miura's kind of take on like paganism and Christianity, but like with a real like Shinto like kind of look through mm-hmm. through Western eyes, like which I thought was really interesting and cool. Uh, the whole series is about is fantastic. I mean, all the trigger warnings ever on it. Oh god, yes. Like I'm no, serious. No, like, no, there is not a trigger warning big enough for Berserk. Berserk, and and the thing is, is that like I think it is a brilliant humanistic st- thing about. It. I've literally thought that depending on how I feel at the end of it, I might want to see if I could team up with my old professor to like guest teach a college course on such a. It's like it's it deals with the existentialism and trauma in a really beautiful way, except it's in this dark fantasy combined with like mythic imagery and uh, bloody but. Bu- bloody bloody murder medieval stuff but um but yeah it's also something that it's beautiful and i think that uh it's a genuinely great work of art it's also something that if for whatever reason you do not want to deal with some of the stuff that's in there don't read it it is not you know it's a you know like it's it's fine but it's yeah. if, but if you can yeah, but, no, if, no. but if this, you the series is not for everyone. 100%. Very specifically it is not for everyone. Or even if so it's just a like terrible it goes dark in a way. It goes dark in a way oh, yeah. that um, some people just don't don't want to deal with, and that is totally valid. Um, if if you watched Game of Thrones and there were some moments in Game of Thrones that made you kind of squeamish and uncomfortable, Berserk is not for you. Okay, so I would actually, I'm actually going to say one thing on this, and the difference between both Berserk and Game of Thrones, in terms of both Game of Thrones the show and Game of Thrones the books. So. Game of Thrones, the show, had a number of, like, egregious sexual violence things and changes 
that just were there for the weren't in the books that no. weren't in the books were also there for like just shock or titillation um yeah. that i actually felt was pretty offensive and bullshit not because i don't think that you shouldn't be able to delve into that as much as that like if you're gonna delve into it have a fucking reason to delve into it yeah. um and i just and you know i would say that the books oftentimes you know in service of the plot will have you know their sex scenes of sexual violence in the books are generally in service of the plot and the story that R.R. Martin is telling. Now, you can definitely make a good valid argument that you sh don't have to and shouldn't have sexual violence in service of a plot, but that's, um, uh, but you know, that's, you know, but he's at least doing that. What I think makes Berserk different is even though you could argue when he goes dark, there's definitely some things that are a bit egregious, etc. The overall darkness and tackling of those themes especially themes of sexual violence, are very much about looking at trauma and, and how trauma affects people and how to recover from trauma. So it's like, it's not they're out of context. Right. It is, <coughs> Excuse me. Berserk is ultimately a survivor's story. It is, 100%. And, that's, uh, and, thus, and thus, it is kind of important. No, it's and so yeah, um, I really like Berserk. I would love for us to cast about it when, um, when, I'm, not, when I'm finished with it. Uh, yep. In terms well, of when you're finished with it, you can give your copies to Dan. Right, exactly. And then you can buy <laughs> your own copies of the deluxe edition, <laughs> and the cycle can continue. No, no, it's it, it'll be great. Um, I will say that um, I guess in terms of other stuff uh, with the Chappelle Shuffle, I, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm a big Dave Chappelle fan. But I've also seen a number of like really thoughtful criticisms about this as well. So I'd like to definitely uh, get my opinion. Here, here's some pins on. I'll also say that Netflix definitely seems to have uh, botched the criticisms of it by its own employees. Oh, I mean, yeah. folks are literally walking out about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, Netflix, um, you done fucked up. Yeah, not a good look. Very bad look. You should have your employees feel so disrespected that they walk out, and you shouldn't fire people for um, for, 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 for shit like that. So, um, so oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of yikes around this stuff. Um, and, yeah, also very excited for Last Duel. Um, definitely. <clears throat> definitely heard some very good things about it. So, you know, uh, but most of the thing that I did saw most recently and uh, put the time into a squid game. So unless we have a, uh, Dan, do you, well, wait, you're next. And then, uh, then we're on to the squids. Yeah, we can move, we can move on ahead. Um, we can move on ahead to the squid game. I think that's fine. Um, so squid game, <laughs> it's a, so I'm it's a show. So glad we're, we finally get to talk about Splatoon 2. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So so how about that time uh, Nintendo released a DLC for a fun kids game that brought up, you know, the importance of working together and coexistence and you know, reaching across the aisle and you know, celebrating the differences between different peoples and religions and celebrated that release with a fucking race war. Mhm. What was the first Splatfest after the DLC dropped? Oh, right. It was Squids or Octopus. Who's your favorite? And Nintendo was like, Nintendo! You can't have a question like that in a game where you can play as one or the other option. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah! <laughs> I have nothing to add to the Splatoon conversation, so I'll just nod my head and agree. I, yeah, I don't I, have. A, I don't I, have any. Neither do I, Jerry. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of us. None of us. None of us play so. Splatoon, but Tris. <laughs> I played. 
I bought Splatoon 2 at one point. I played one match of it and I never turned it on again. <laughs> so that's my experience with Splatoon. Oh, uh, but I mean, Splatoon aside, what did folks think about? Oh, what did folks think about Squid Game overall? Um, not to steal your thunder on this day. I, I'm curious yeah. about just like what the overall takes are. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> here, here, I can start. So I can start. I can start on this. So, yeah. So I felt. I felt Squid Game was good. Um, there were some twists I kind of saw coming. Um, almost because it's almost like there's a very very small pool of characters who actually matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and and here's the thing. Here's the thing is that right now Squid Game is in an interesting spot because the whole death game setup. There are a crap ton of movies around that. A lot of them from. Uh, from Asian cinema right now. Like, the market is, like, flooded with movies like this. So it was actually really nice seeing it as a show. Then there's is more I want to... Oh, go ahead. Is it because it, there's a lot of game content, too, that's Battle Royale-centric, I think, or death game-centric? That I think... It's permeated I, culture, and it's kind of spilled its way into other, genre, or other uh, mediums? I think that's part of it, yeah. I think that's part of it. But, like, I mean, Battle Royale came out ages ago. And we're not going to talk about Battle Royale because certain people here have asked us not to talk about spoilers for Battle Royale. <laughs> yep. Um, so we're not going to talk about that here. But that was kind of the first one. But there's a, just a metric butt-ton of them now. Most of them are not actually set up as, quote-unquote, game show series like Squid Game is. Most of them are just straight-up horror movies. Yeah. Um, whereas Squid Game, I think part of what helps Squid Game and what really sets it apart is that A, it is a series, not a single movie. And B, it's way more of a social commentary than a horror movie. It has horrific I, elements, yes. But it's definitely more of a like thriller slash um, psychological and actiony series than just a straight horror movie mm -hmm. would be yep yeah and i and i thought like it, it said some things and it then it said other things that almost like between the lines or there were other there are things to pick out about capitalism about <laughs> oh it is a scathing <laughs> indictment of capitalism <laughs> police state you know lots of Lots of different pieces. Uh, I guess while well, you said that stuff about the plot twist, Tristan, I, let's get right into it. Like, did anybody not see the big plot twist coming? I, I, so, um, I usually like to go into any TV show as a stupid audience member, so I don't try to guess any of the twists. Um, okay. If it's from like any director who is like well regarded, who specializes in twists, like I guess Shyamalan or or I don't know whoever, like then there is a part of me that can't really help but try and see past what I'm already seeing on the screen in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, you know, I just went into this thinking, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this. And, you know, I, overall, just to answer your first question, I thought, I think it's a fun show. There's obviously a few plot holes that we can address later, but like mm -hmm. it was a fun watch and I did like the social commentary and the just inventiveness of the show. But I, 
did have some thoughts about. I guess can I just go into one spoiler as long as we're here? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're, 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 this, we're, this, this is the spoiler, spoiler cast. This is the spoiler can, cast. Oh, oh, that's right. I, oh, that's why this is called spoiler cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just go. You go for it. Yeah. So yeah, um, I have a lot of thoughts about the old man, um, yeah. and like. It sort of, it didn't really dawn on me 100%. Like, I remember at one point of the season when I was thinking to myself, well, why are they, why is an old man there when everybody else is young? And, you know, what can the organ donors, like, benefit from, like, harvesting an old man if he dies? And, like, it dawned on me for a second, but then I just turned that part of my brain off. Like, I'm just going to see where it goes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so regarding the old man, I was always a little sus of him because also he was number one. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning he was the first one who he would have been the first one to join in. Um, so I was always a little bit sus of him, but I was also a little sus of him because he is old, and my experience as a millennial is that older people have money. Right. <laughs> uh, but then I got super sus in the Marble episode. Yeah. Which is when he kind of showed his hand, and when he was the only, like, one of the only characters whose death is not explicitly shown. Yep, yep. yep. I was like, oh, yeah. nope, nope, nope. No, yeah. no, he's he's got something to do with it. So, um, yeah. I knew he couldn't be the captain. I knew he couldn't be the captain of right. the and, yeah. of the pink soldiers. And I was like, okay, the pink the captain has got to be somebody. But we see the captain and the um and the contestants doing things simultaneously. Right. So I'm like, okay. So from an early start I'm like, all right, the captain can't be one of the main contestants. Right. Because he can't be in two places at once. Barra, go. Oh, yes. Um, so I got, unfortunately, spoiled by, like, YouTube oh, no. thumbnails about that the old, something was up with the oh. old man. Like, I didn't watch it, but it was, like, pretty clear. It was, like, oh, the, the medium's would get And then you see a picture of him. It's like, oh, something's up with him. And then, uh, you know, just the nature of things made me think he, he's the guy who owns the... Um, who owns the who owns the game? Um, he's the guy behind this whole thing. Uh, I so I enjoyed Squid Game, but I feel that uh, I did not like. Like I feel there's a drastic difference in terms of quality. In terms of, like I thought the first six episodes were great, and I thought mm. the the last three mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the rails kind of fell off. Like they yeah. set. I yeah. felt that they set things up both the social commentary and the violence in the games and uh, the reason why people are in here really, I thought they set that up really well. And then the sticking of the landing when they pull back the curtain and also like you're dealing with the main characters motivations in the final episode just did fell flat. And there's a number of reasons that I'll get into it over, over this thing. But I do think that the mar after the Marvel episode, there is a marked decline in yeah. quality of the show and enjoyability and uh you know that's unfortunately symptom of a number of things where like you know it's i think a lot easier to start a great story than to finish it and i think squid yeah. game was something which was a lot better two-thirds into it than it was in the last third by a country mile yeah i think that's really interesting because like i kind of want to know more about the world of the game and like how what's what it what its origins are because like i actually enjoyed everything up to the end and i was a little confused but i was willing to give the show the benefit of the doubt saying like okay i hope they explain more about you know what the old men's origins are and how the games got started and like because i kind of felt like i i left i i finished the season with more questions than answers which on one hand i'm 
you know, and I and I'm probably putting more 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 faith in the fact that it's a Korean show, and I and I think Korean shows and movies are very clever. So I guess I'm just like waiting to see like what develops. Um, but like, you know, there there is another part of me that's like, if the, if it's if they're not gonna type any loose ends in season two, I'm just gonna quit the show because I'm oh, yeah, just yeah. like, this is bullshit. Can we, can, we can we talk about our hopes for season two? Uh, yes, I, I so, can. Um, I have so, I have yeah. hopes that there is no season two. Go ahead, Tristan. Sorry. So 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 I have two big hopes for season two. One of the well, sort of three. Carrie, you've already touched on ones. I want to know more about the backstory, like the history of the games. Um, what I want to see, I want to see the cop come back. The cop. I want to see him back. survive. Like, I want to see him have survived the fall. Um, and and I want to see uh, Lee uh, Lee Jun Jae's character. Just go John Wick on the games. So here's my. Uh, I'm glad that you said that, Dad. That one of the things that made me incredibly dissatisfied with Squid Game is that it set itself open for a sequel. I mean, there's, there's. Don't get me wrong. There's. It's not even that ending shot or decision from the character from from our main from our main character, or even that. Like, or even that there were sequels. It's just that I feel that a version where you tie off, you don't have sequel ties, that it's just self-contained could be stronger. And I feel that if you were going to do sequels, there were better, more earned ways to get to that last thing. Um, and I'm actually going to do something we don't normally do, which is that um, I'm going to reference Tris from one of your threads from our, like, <laughs> spoiler chat. We were like, hey, why is it so many of these death battle games are, um, P are, are um, players versus each other rather than players versus environment. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to pray this one thing. There's a issue with both death games and post-apocalyptic fiction. And that I feel mm -hmm. that they are oftentimes the, the, the popular truisms within them are often contravene human nature and how people yes. oftentimes react in deeply stressful scenarios. I will say this, that it's, it's a problem of the trope. And not even at this point, and not even necessarily individual creators, because I think the creators of Squid Game are firmly on the side of like you know the capitalist labor market is hell. The strongest episode in the entire uh, thing of Squid Game was episode two, Hell, where you just see how awful it is to be in debt in Korea. It was oh god, yeah, that was really strong, really powerful. It was just like that was like show don't tell. Why are these people going back yes. into a death game? Because being in debt is hellish and awful, and um, and just it deprives you and destroys you of hope, um, to the point mm -hmm. where this being a sadistic guinea pig is there. But um, so yeah, you know, and you know, they also are referencing with our main character's backstory this very real strike in in, uh, in yes. Korea that got broke broke it down. So you know, these guys are not on the thing are not like you know Ayn Rand Atlas Shrugged folks. But at the same time, Squid Game. And the whole genre that they're going off of and comes with this thing, which again has a big misunderstanding about human nature, which is that like, ah, oh, if human beings are in a situation where all rules are off, then they're going to turn on each other. Like when there's no, when society's structures are not in place, people are awful. And oftentimes yeah. though, you find that when that happens, people no, instead band together and help each other out. Yeah, it's, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, there's it's a great kind of how we've gotten this far as a species. There's a yeah, there's a great great um, uh, story about these um, these boys from Tonga who got shipwrecked on an island 
And then yeah. these 10 kids did just like create like a society where everything just like worked and it was orderly for like a year right. before they were rescued. Uh, it's, it's, it's Lord of the Flies, but everything went perfect. Yeah. And, and similarly, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's Lord of the Flies without drama, with disaster, et cetera. <laughs> and also, you know, if you think of like the great horrors of human history, um, from the Holocaust to pogroms to, you know, Columbus destroying the, 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 the Arawak people. It's not because no rules were in place. It's because you had social conditions that allowed people to consider other people to be like animals. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, so that's, this is me going on for a bit long, but I will just say that, uh, an issue I think with squid game in general was, is that, you know, it put it, it, it created this condition and this thesis about, you know, forcing people being forced into this awful situation and then being awful to each other when they were in this, in this thing. But at the end of the day, it didn't require, it didn't actually um, provide any counterpoint to this other than the morality of the main character, except that was undermined by the fact that the main character does, isn't actually a paragon of moral virtue by any means. Right. Um, yeah. Right. If you were really going with that, honestly, you would have killed him and the Indian fellow would have been the one who survives to the end. Like, yeah, Pakistani. 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 Yeah. The Pakistani <laughs> yes. fellow would have been the one who survived. But it wasn't. And that's fine that the... Um, that was kind of... It, it was... Yeah, it's fine that he that, the, that our main character is the main character, but like he is moral paragon at the end who's going to shut down the game because he's that good a dude. That was not shown at all throughout the series. It was shown that he had right. very good qualities... But you didn't really see any growth, honestly, from episode yeah. one to the final one. Anyways, I talked too I mean, much. I mean, the, the case could be made. The case could be made that he is traumatized after the games, which is why he doesn't touch the money until he talks to the old man. And what do we? And what do we see? What is the catalyst for him, like changing his mind about the games? Is when he sees the game. Is when he sees the the um, other person getting pulled in. Yeah, and it's like it's still going on. No one else should have to go through this shit. I think you can make the argument that the main character goes through a bunch of just changes throughout the course of the <laughs> whole series, though. I mean, whether or not, like, I mean, on one hand, he starts off as like this oafish, almost sly, like desperate character, and. Interestingly enough, he's the one who actually doesn't wants to vote himself out of the game, but then finds himself having to go back into it after experiencing hell on the outside. Yep. But I also like that he's so there, there's there's all these like rich complexities to like all, not just him, but all these other characters like the like his friend who kind of turns on like some of the other characters like the series, complete. which I like. Psychopath, and yeah, yeah, exactly, and like, I mean, there's there's a, there's a rich tapestry of just like characters and like, which is what I liked about the show about their backstories and what they're desperate about and what they need the money for, and like, I did like how the character was was not was had had his redeeming qualities, but then I think in the Marvel episode, I believe, right, doesn't he lie to the old man about like the number of money he in his hand, and the yeah, old man catches? Oh no, he does, him. That, he does. Yeah, yeah. And then the old man catches yeah. him, and then the old man catches him in the act. And the guy and the main character feels like shit, and then the old man gives him another chance, and yeah, I'm just yeah. like, holy shit, the dynamics of this thing. And, and even after finding out the old man was behind the whole thing, it's just like there is so much going on in this exchange between these two characters, and so many questions that I ask. But like, it's just one of those things where like he had a moment of weakness. But I, 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 I kind of like that about 
those type of characters. And like, it reminds me of, um, I'm kind of just throwing a, another movie reference in there, but you, have you guys seen the movie Train to Busan? I have not. I saw it a long time ago. Really great film, and I'm not going to spoil it, but like the main yeah. character is like has his good has his good sides, but he's also kind of a dick. Um, but he's also smart and like is all and he's he's kind of the guy who tries to like solve problems like in amidst this horrible zombie apocalypse. And I kind of like that about the character. I'm not really sure if that's a trait of Korean characters in TV shows or movies, but I do like that. The characters aren't necessarily all good or all bad. There's so many gray areas to them. Mm -hmm. One, one thing I think the show is trying to get you to do, in into that respect, is to tell to, to portray the best friend character as horrible, but then have you, but then have you grapple with the fact that the main character really isn't that much better, no. and in fact does many of the same things. They just they just don't portray it as directly, right? So. You know the 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 best friend is doing what well, he because... wants to for personal gain, but he can't look anybody in the eye as he does it, and that happens multiple times throughout the the course of this thing. But really, you know, the old man in the marbles the same way. He walks away, lets it happen. Of course, you don't see the death because he's not really getting killed. But right, you know, it's he's walking away from that. He's cheating and lying just the same. So, so, yeah. so here's my question. Here's my question around the marble game, though. Was it? Couldn't there be a loophole? Where if you and your partner just trade marbles, you fulfilled the requirements. You know what's what's interesting that you say <laughs> that, Tristan, because when I was taking a weekend class for um, a management thing a year or two ago, they actually had a challenge that was along the same lines. And the way that you solved the challenge was, yeah, everybody died. I was the only one that survived. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, but. It was everybody had to hold something at the same or it was basically like everybody had to have it at the same time. And the way that you made this thing happen effectively, I'm butchering the rules, but basically you had to put all of your hands together. This is pre-COVID. Uh, put all your hands together and hold the marbles or the balls at the same time together. And at that yeah. point, everybody won at the same time. It was like weird. I don't know. It was like a, it was like a weird thing. So I was, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna do it. No, they just got murdered. Everybody murdered. Yeah. I do also, I do also want to talk about. Um, am I the only one who thinks it's a real letdown that all of these, like death game shows and stuff like that, uh, that the cost of failure is always death, which take some of the tension out because you know because you know the main character can't die right i don't know i don't know that necessarily which means he can't lose because if he loses he dies where do you go from there i actually you thought know? that the pickpocket might survive like when i saw the three characters left i was like i'm kind of rooting more for the pickpocket i don't know why well, but i don't know i thought it was just like all cards were on the table so i was i was really hoping that the uh, price for failing one of the games wouldn't be death, but would be something that would make it harder for the next game. Hmm. Right? Like, like if you fail this game, you get to move on to the next one, but if you fail, we're going to hamstring you. Or or make you lose a limb or something. Because I think, I think stuff like that has way more stakes involved. Because... Well, for something like that, if, if it's death and you know there's a main character, like you know, you know somebody's got to win. Right. But if you, there's a game where 
like like there's very little doubt that our you know that that our main character is going to die not die in the second game right but if you have a punishment other than death i think that actually works much better because you can have stakes where yes your main character can fail and if they fail and that raises the stakes for the next one i think that's isn't that what More Kaiji effective. does? I, it's my understanding that like most of the game, a lot of the games in Kaiji aren't death games. They just a lot sink you even higher, further into debt. Um, this is the well, because the problem, the problem with just debt is that's just a number, you know. Once you're like five hundred million dollars in debt, another two hundred fifty million dollars in debt is not really going to change mm. much because you're still bummed. Right. Uh, I have a I have a counter argument to you, Tris. Yeah. Um. So, in the marble scene, when like that, um, when the criminal dude and that guy are playing marbles, and like the guy's about to win, but the criminal dude proposes to change the game, and they allow it. I think that whole equality rule plays a bigger and much scarier role in like the fate of like all these players. Because on the one hand, yeah, you could you could do something like punish somebody else, but on the other hand, I think it's probably easier for like the the people who made the game to just like set up one little rule like killing somebody for example or just starting a prison riot just let let everybody let, let natural selection happen and let the people you know beat beat her kill her you know kill the shit out of each other you know yeah. instead of just like hey you broke the rules i'm chopping off a limb like i kind of feel like just kind of making it sort of all's fair and love and war mentality was kind of like in some ways, much scarier because you don't really know like how someone can screw you over if there's like equality, quote so, unquote. You know, well, go on. Like, but so, but all right. So let's let's do a hypothetical here. So let's say it is. So, <laughs> no, no, I no, knew no, someone so was going to like. So who would be the first to die in this game? Go. No, 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 no. This is still talking about what we were just talking about about stakes. So let's say we're at the fifth game, right? And it's been the same up until now. So we're at the fifth game. We're at the we're at the glass walkway, right? We know the Squid Game is coming, right? We know that they have to play the Squid Game at some point. Do we know it's coming though? Of course we do. He started it with it because we're the audience. Because we're the because we're the audience. Yeah, the audience. Yeah, we we know the title of the show is called Squid Game, so of course we know there's going to be a Squid Game. But we're playing it all as this is all as an audience member. We are the who's watching, and this is all about the audience members' reaction, intention, Got and it. response. Got so it. it is the fifth game. It's the glass walkway. We know the Squid Game is coming. First time we saw the Squid Game was in the first episode, and we saw it played as teams. So there's a possibility for more than a one-on-one match, right? right. So let's say that in this fifth game, the the cost of failure is not death let's say that in this fifth game the cost of failure is literally getting like um like one of your legs crippled or something so as the audience we know okay the squid game is coming the squid game is all about being able to move on your feet and being able to like like it's all about mobility and being able to stand and get stuff done right so if the game before that has something that will make the squid game harder for somebody not just kill them all outright then there's a chance that our main character could fail this game 
and have that handicap going so, into the last match. See, you're advocating for failure at, just for the story purposes so that we're on the edge of our seats if he's going to pass or fail a, a game. See, see uh, my, right. uh, my counter to that, though, right. is, is Whereas that if the, I feel if, that's the, if that happens, then we know 100% that our main character is going to win the final game um, and that we're not going to have like a twist tragic ending. Because if someone's like injured, anyone who sees a sports movie or The Karate Kid knows that if someone's injured right before the big game, then that means they're going to rally, get on one foot, and crane kick it. If you cripple uh, uh, our main character, he's going to get on one leg, he's going to crane kick, uh, crane kick the main guy from SNU, then he whispered into you, he's like, I had an affair with your mother when I was younger. And then just like hop onto the, uh, uh, onto the main thing. Like that's, that, uh, that's how that's going to go down. Barry, you should write for the show. Also, um, I th- that's kind of a curious what if. Like, what would happen if you had Jet Li or Jackie Chan or some washed out actor who's a martial artist who ends up in the Squid Game? How far do you think he would get? Well, I, I have some thoughts game. about the game design. <laughs> so you brought, so you brought Jean Claude Van Damme into the game. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Well, how's it going? He spent the last twenty four hours just roundhouse well, kicking everyone in the face. He's the only one left. He's just roundhouse kicking the air. We can't get him to stop. So, here, here's another thing that I'll, I'll point out, though, which did drive me a little crazy about the game stuff. And granted, you know, Squid Game is designed for for the drama. And I think the thing that really got the tension in it, even with, like, the deaths, is that, A, the deaths are brutal. You know, those gunshots, they make them loud in the sound design. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of blood. Oh, it's not yeah. pleasant. And also the ensemble nature... Made it so, yes, they chose not to do the curveball. But when you have that big and well-developed ensemble, you, A, care about ensemble characters dying, and, B, um, you always do have, like, the the twist, uh, a twist possibility there. But um, one thing that I thought for me just, like, threw things off was in that third, was that third episode with the bridge, which is, is that in all... Like, you know, the bridge also was where they showed that, like, hey, the reason behind this is rich people betting on it. The organ harvesting was a side hustle. This wasn't yeah. actually the main for, – for some lowly employees. It wasn't the main reason. Right. It's rich people mm-hmm. placing bets. And all the games before that, you totally could place bets and have reasonable chances of success and also uh, have just, like, reasonable just like horses. And also the casino was able to keep – pretty tight control over it with tug of war half were going to advance half weren't with marble game similarly mm-hmm. with red light green light um some people were going to go were, were going if, to pass that finish line uh sorry tris but but what if everyone failed I red think, light green light i think that first game so, <laughs> what if everyone failed <laughs> Maybe maybe that was in so, one of the years. Well, everyone failing yeah. red light, yeah. green light just, is just a is a possibility fails. because folks uh, with the with the guns are there. They could have had an arbitrary cutoff, and also it's such a simple game that everybody knows that. Like I would feel like the odds of it are pretty damn low. Similarly with the whole with Honeycomb as well. Right. It's just like you know there are some shapes that were really simple, and some people were going to do it. So all those things they have under control. Glassbridge, on the other hand. They literally created a situation where it is impossible to get across if you're first without dying, basically. Like, the math teacher did the math. Um, yep. Basically impossible. And also, <laughs> the circumstances of it, not all, where everyone has to go to order, 
means that there is a very high likelihood of a total party kill. In fact, it was like 10 seconds away from total party yeah. kill, in which case your rich investors, I mean, oh, the yeah. rich people who are playing to bet on it, don't get a sixth round, don't get a final round of games and uh, are probably going are probably going to be pissed off. My girlfriend did do a good counterpoint like, oh, maybe someone just bet, it, bet on TPK and that was factored into it. But like right. knowing what, you know, right. as someone who enjoys gambling, um, like... I just like a, a game where there where the house has that little control over uh, over everything. It also seemed, especially since when they were down to four people, the house then interfered as well too. Like it's it was just like everything was stupid, but made sense within the context of the of the world. And then the glass bridge, which made no fucking sense. Um, so that that was that was yeah. something that was like for me a bit of the drop off because it's like well this. You're showing what the world is like and now the world and why everyone's doing it. And the first thing you show for your big reveal makes no fucking sense. And maybe I'm being pedantic, but yeah. So go on. And then, well, but, but to pile on and then like, there's that glass guy, the glass worker mm -hmm. who understands how to tell which type of glass it is. And then they change the rules. So that, that's like yep. another layer of betting, like, you know, inconsistency where they're <laughs> changing right. how, how the game operates right. mid-game. And, <laughs> and they even make mention, they even make mention, yeah. it was in his file. <laughs> right, right. It was in his file the whole time. First of all, the whole facility has shit security and they also have oh, yeah. shit researchers. Well, like they need to yeah. just fire yeah. and replace so, the so whole staff. So here's my question. So like, here's my question. Okay, the pink soldiers, right? So we know the contestants all have like tracking chips like embedded behind the ear, right? Which is how they which is what they scan and use to keep right. track of people. So why do the pink soldiers not have chips implanted in them but have the chips in the masks which you can take off and swap? Uh, that I think is as, as simple as like, you know, if you're a pink soldier you're not cattle. Um like, you know, yeah. Right, but but if you are, but they're meant to I be mean, security. You would well, want something more secure than being able to take off something you can take off and put on that already hides your identity. They probably didn't take into account that a cop would John McClane the facility and just like and just John McClane his way through, <laughs> you know, trying to like <laughs> solve it and save the day and all that. So they probably yeah. they, there's probably a lot they didn't take into account. No, no, maybe, I mean, I yeah, yeah, but but. To Tristan's point, yes. like they could just swap masks, right? Tristan and I yeah. swap masks. Now we're different people, according to this to, to the scanner. So yeah, um, that that does that does sound kind of plot holeish. I don't know the answer. Maybe somebody, maybe one of our listeners from Ypsilanti know the answer. That's we'll why. Like also, why weren't there security cameras on the ferry? Because like, wouldn't yeah. one of right. one of them spot like a shaking van? Like, there's obviously not going to be two pink soldiers having sex inside. So. They probably should, uh, you know, inspect what's what's going on yeah. with the shaky van, you know? Yeah, it's the one van out of all the vans on this on this ferry that is rocking violently. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless, unless any of the pink soldiers at the at the control booth were like, "Oh Jesus, this again, more sex." God damn it! <laughs> all right, let's just wait till it goes away. Uh, on while we're on the subject, I I enjoyed getting the backstory from the officer who infiltrated the place. But I did, I could not care for the reveal that 
his brother was was like the the yeah. the head whatever I so, forget it. So as soon as as soon as we learned that his brother wasn't the one killed and harvested, mm-hmm. like as soon as that that reveal happens, and, like, and you know, people are like, "No, it was a it was a woman, it was a woman we cut up who only had the one kidney." I'm like, "Oh, his brother's the captain." Yeah. But like, like as why? soon as happens, like, you "No, know? oh, his brother didn't die in the game. His brother is the captain." But like. What can you know? They don't really go like what compelled his. They don't really talk about what would have compelled his brother to do such a thing, do they? Um. Well, that's one thing I wanted to get into. Um. Sorry, I'm eating more. I've I've talked myself in my mouth. Um. And that's one thing I was kind of hoping that season two would explore is how yeah. that brother rose to the ranks to become, you know, the man in charge. Now, obviously, he must have started off as someone who was in financial debt. Probably went to the did this good game, won it, and decided to stay. Maybe because he didn't have a purpose in life. Much like the old man who I remember at the end was saying, like, you know, if you have no money or too much money, you know, your life is, what was it, pointless or something. And I kind of felt like that was an artifact that factored into um, the man in the mask who I guess decided to, you know, work for the company, I guess. Also, but it was really cool. I got to say that... um, uh, what's the guy's? What's the actor's name? The guy from Bittersweet Life that he the reveal that he was the guy in charge, Lee Byung Hun. Like I was like, oh wow! I was like a, a star, a star that I know is actually playing like you know. It's like if I saw Tom Hardy is like the reveal. I was like, oh cool, I love that actor. Like it was kind of cool to just see him, you know, in that role. But Dan, I do agree that like there wasn't really much going on like in the in the relationship and i felt like that when the cop got shot it was i wasn't really feeling anything there was like no payoff and i was like disappointed there wasn't more history into that relationship and he's absolutely alive because we don't see him die we don't see him die (laughs) but 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 he falls off the cliff like if the fall doesn't kill him the the gunshot wound would or does he land in the ocean and does he lose no way there's no way yeah there's no way there's no way he's dead no i i hope well, no, Again, security. Yeah, I hope they set up. Well, so because because we know the brother is a is a previous winner, mm-hmm. right? So I hope we really get him set up as a foil for uh for Kihun's character, uh-huh. as they are both people who won the game, and one of them decided to join the game, and the other has decided to so, destroy the game. I want to go back to Kihun to to our. To the protagonist, because like I feel that as Dan Dan's point about that he we're meant to hate the guy from SNU, which we do, but he does a lot of similar. Don't trust anyone who went to business school. Don't trust anyone exactly. who went to business school. Um, that's right. Don't. But uh, that's right. Don't. <laughs> but, uh, but but I, I will say one of my favorite parts of the thing was is that um when he was was having that spat uh, with the two of them were having it out in the fit in that. In the eighth episode, it's like, if you're so damn smart, why are you here with us simpletons? <laughs> it was, it was, it was mm-hmm, pretty, yeah. pretty satisfying. But, I mean, I feel that a lot of the strength of the character and the promise of that character at the be- in the beginning of the, of, the, of the show wasn't totally explored. And what they chose to take away from it kind of contradicted a lot of things that I saw. It's like, for instance, like, what I love about that first episode is that, you know, he is stealing from his mom and at the same time, you know, he tips the lady. Um, he is, uh, you know, he's he's in debt and he's on the run 
yet he helps the person out much to his detriment who has been who's been uh who, who he knocks over uh he loves his daughter but he is a yeah, terrible right. absent father to her which is like even at the end he still fails to be a dad to his fucking kid um which uh and you know then you also see that you know the main reason behind his downfall was is that he took part in an unsuccessful strike action that was broken so he does have the ability to be empathetic to people and to take care of folks. He's also someone who, you know, is, uh, you know, like he accepts Ali immediately. Um, he is, uh, he's kind of, he's good to the old mm-hmm. man, et cetera, et cetera. But it's so, but on the flip side, he still is willing to kill the old man by cheating him. And he and everyone else still were like, okay, we're going to go kill this other team in tug of war. Like, he is no, he is not a mo- the whole move the, the whole ending puts on that he's this moral paragon that can't stand the game going on yet he continued the game even though even though even with the game forced him to be a killer his like he has a moral stand against his business school school bro friend but his business school bro friend is a killer and so is he um, you know the second they agreed to go through with the tug of war game. They became killers. They killed ten people. Um, so the, the moral superiority thing is not there. And what I would have preferred more is that I would have been more interested in them leaning in to both how the strike shaped him and shaped his downfall, and then him rediscovering that sense of solidarity with people. And then once he gets out of the game, him is rediscovering of that and his responsibility to be other people is why he feels he has to continue the game on. But that whole vision of there's a different world, we don't have to be cannibalizing ourselves, ourselves, we can help each other, is not the ending thesis of it. The ending thesis of this guy is a good guy, he chose not to kill his friend at the end and tried to end the game after being responsible for the deaths of 11 people, at least, and his his moral superiority is why he can't let those things out. So I felt that that was a, a missed thesis. Similarly... They could have just leaned into his moral ambiguity and just and have him like you know embrace his money to a degree along with his trauma, but seeing that the game was happening was a bridge too far for him still because of said trauma. But it just it just stuck in my craw that he was supposed to be this moral guy when he was never presented as a moral guy. And he isn't a moral guy. He was just had protagonist morality, and it just undermined the whole lack. It undermined the character, and it made it so I didn't feel like he had an arc. That was talking yeah it seemed like the game just kind of brings the best and worst out of people and i feel mm-hmm. like that was the case for mm-hmm. the main character but that's my only argument i could make that that's why um, i like the marbles game the most because it was you they make you pick a person who you think you're partnering with and then you tell them that one of the two of you is going to die which is brilliant and then it's you set the rules and you have to not only set the rules, but you have to play the game against this person that you care about, likely, if you pick them. And um, you're directly, directly responsible, one-to-one, to, yep. this, to this person's death. So that's why the Marvel game was my favorite. Sorry, Tristan. I, I, feel, like, I feel like there was a... Um, so the next-to-last episode um, is significantly shorter than the others. Hmm. Um, which one is it? It's yeah, you uh, get it. yeah, it's like front half man. an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's like half an hour where the others are a lot longer. And I almost wonder if 
like it is weirdly short and i wonder if maybe there was a lot of stuff maybe cut from that episode maybe considering it is the episode before the finale yeah. so you know what's interesting i um i don't i don't i don't my, this 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 response is definitely not probably not what happened on the show but i had a you made me think about the husband and wife who yeah, made yeah. it all the way, th- way to the Marvel game only to have the husband lose his wife. And I kind of yeah, thought yeah. to myself, that would have been an interesting character arc to explore on the show. However, it might have been very, very, very scarring to all audiences who watch the yeah, show. Yeah. But that would have been an interesting, like, what's the worst thing that could happen in the game? Well, you have a marriage between two people and, you know, they fight alongside each other and then boom one of them gets one of them See, dies and the other me, one moves what I, on, I, you know? I, and i thought that was interesting but i also felt that there was kind of um and who knows maybe this is how they they settled it and then he couldn't take it which is a 100 percent valid but my thought process is that you know if they're going in as a couple i would assume they're doing it for like their kids or for some other reason other than their own like you know mm-hmm. i'd assume they're doing something for some couple's yeah. goal so I'd imagine if a couple was in that situation, and again, we didn't get to see how they decided, one of them would basically just give the marbles to the other and say, okay, I'm going to die now. You have to finish it. Um, and finish it for my sake. Or if they didn't really feel that there was any good option, they couldn't decision, that they would just like not play and choose to die together. Um, or, you know, again, one person could have betrayed the other because looking death in square in the eye can make people do horrible things. Um, you know, see the ending of 1984. Um, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I've never seen the movie, but you know, the book has pretty thing about, you know, like the, 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 your worst fears make you become the worst version of yourself. Um, but yeah, no, no, I felt that that was so, you know, that, that was like, you know, I mean, obviously him breaking made sense, but at the same time, it's just like, I'm, I'm not exactly sure if that's how that would go down. And I was curious about how that all happened. And my my thought on that whole piece is that once they learned that the games were going to be fight to the death, one person standing, they probably had that conversation early. Like, if, you know, not if we fight each other, but one of us is going to survive and one of us isn't. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I, you know what I mean? Exactly. What, what, what do we do about this? And maybe they talked it over beforehand. Is that what, what so there, there's a, this is another question I had. So like if, if there was a season two or season three, I would have, I, I was having a thought of like whether or not it is possible for more than one person to survive the squid game and to split the money three ways or right. however many ways. Cause wasn't that established at the beginning? Like, you know, whoever wins gets this amount of money or something. And it just happened to end up being one person who survives. In the world of the game, did I, possibly, I don't remember. I thought I thought that was the case, or like the people made it clear. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know for a fact. It seems like, you know, it could go it could go either or way, like in, in in reference to what the games were. But then that was, and then I had another thought. I'm like, well, maybe they change the games up every year, so like you know, maybe the outcomes are are different. This was like million. This is like a lot of stuff I thought about after watching Squid Game. So. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about what we liked about Squid Games? I feel like we haven't brushed up on that enough. Carrie, haven't you haven't you done one of these before? It's all about the negative. Except when we're gushing. What was we we, we, we gushed want. about the control real hard? Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. yeah. I don't think we said a bad thing about control. <laughs> great, great video. What's game. control? It's a game. You'd love it. It's perfect. Yep. 
Um, I have a few things. I mean, not a lot. I mean, it was just like, I mean, overall, I just thought like it was. I did like, I did like how inventive the show was in terms of just having like a um. How do I? How the fuck do I say this? Just like the the frame the framework of the whole world of the show is like you have like a death game, but in the form of like this, what looks like a child's playscape crossbred with like a Japanese game show and everything is all pristine. And like, you know, I got a sense of nostalgia from like the, the pink soldiers with like the PlayStation logos on their oh, yeah. face. And like, <laughs> and like, always looking for the X. Where's the X? Yeah. Right. I kind of like, I mean, like, here's the thing for me. Cause I love, I, cause I've watched a lot of Korean thrillers and like, even the ones that are like a little bit flawed always have something kind of interesting and innovative with some social commentary. And like, I kind of like, in that respect, I kind of say to myself, you know what, there's a lot to think about and I enjoyed it and there's a lot of entertainment value in what I'm watching. So like, and that's what I liked about this is you have like, just like social commentary with like this sort of ironic twist that almost kind of winks at the audience and saying like, yep, this is where we're at as humans. Enjoy the show. This is the capitalist dystopia taking to its logical next step. Yeah. I, Hooray. I, Carrie, I agree 100%. I like, it, it's a bit on the nose, but I, I like when it, when a show does this. It's like a unique, interesting thing, but it's obviously a social commentary. It's obviously saying things about capitalism and, you know, beating everybody else to rise to the top and win it all. And police, in my opinion, like the police state stuff with these these humans that are human, just like the others who are killing because somebody told them it's protocol and uh, different, you know, different things like that. But I, but on this, this weird, this weird Korean veneer. <laughs> I also, I also liked how, and I think Barry, you kind of touched up on this, but like episode two was really interesting because I just liked how in the game, like there was sort of a sense of equality where you could always vote yourself out. And it was kind of a nice twist of like, oh, so it's not one of those things where people keep you inside the game no matter what. They actually give you a choice. But then, like, you know, it makes it makes these these uh, people behind the curtain seem more dangerous or, like, cunning because, like, they know that what's waiting for them on the outside might not be what they want. So, of course, like, you know, when they come back, it's like, I think one of the characters says, oh, most of everybody came back. And it's like, you know, oh, man, it seems like maybe these guys are like a few steps ahead of like the poor people that they're like, you know, um, that they're, uh, how do I say this? They're the, the, the rats, the, the rats in the maze are, you know, are, are, are just under the power of these like higher powers, well, you know? Well, but for a lot of them, there's really no other choice. Like for our main, like for our main character, he has a month to pay off his debt. Or they're going to start taking his organs. That's what he signs away in the first episode. Yeah, uh, so it's like seems like a few of the characters are have their organs in danger, like the the guy who's in trouble with the Filipino mob or something. Right. It's kind of like I'm dead either way. <laughs> I either die out here, die in the game, or win the game and live. Hmm. Hmm. This is a real tough choice. You know, why you are mob? Why, why are Asia mobsters so fucked up? It's like American mobsters are like, I'm just gonna shoot you in the head if you if you disobey me. But it's just like, no, we're gonna take your organs, blind you, and do all sorts of fucked up shit. Like, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, that's because the uh, quote unquote Western mafias uh, just have uh, better press agents. 
By the way, guys, I was pissed off when Ali died. I'm like, God damn it, they're oh, God, I off the so, brown person. I was like, I was like, well, you know, I knew he used was him, nice. motherfucker. Why would you do that? I was like, I wish Ali, I, I wish Ali was the, the winner. I'm just gonna say it. Maybe because I'm, maybe because I'm but, Daisy. But you know, but he, that's just where but I'm he wrong. couldn't be because he was nice. I don't care, Tristan. And that's no, that's the message behind this is that being nice so doesn't get you I, I anywhere. I would say that um, uh, I actually don't think that um, it's because you're Daisy that you would want that, that, that you want Ali to win. Like Ali was literally one of the few. Um, was what was one of like the few somewhat pure souls again still responsible for killing 10 people but in that uh but he was in there literally to protect his wife and kid to protect his wife and kid um you know he was mm-hmm. if you wanted to have so if someone was to come out of it somewhat looking morally okay it would have it would have been ollie um so so yeah i think that he uh yeah, I think that uh, no, I, I I think that a lot of people were rooting for him, and that his death hit me hard. I think it hit everyone. Well, I think it hit a lot of people hard. think it speaks to some of the stuff on the sidelines that you know this really isn't an equal and fair competition because you know he's from from pakistan and all of these games that they're playing are from our korean games right for the most part um or maybe games that aren't synonymous with his his upbringing so he's already has he already has you know he already has the card stack there you know there are players like the old man who it's not fair. He has a get out of jail free card. You know, it, the, the, the red light, green light people don't aim at him. Even if he moves, he doesn't get killed if he loses. So he has less stakes. You know, the doctor is able to cheat because, right. because he's doing something on the side for some of the people. And he's finding out what the games are ahead of time. If other people, you know, find a way to solve the puzzle, they might cheat the game. Like, again, I bring up the glass, the, you know, the person who worked with glass and how, Despite him having that um, advantage, they they ripped it out from under him. And I'm sorry, um, and, like anybody who in any other gambling situation, if you if you bet on someone and then they like, uh, if you bet on a horse and then they lamed your horse in the middle of the race as it was winning, you, you, you they would sue they they, they right. would sue your ass. Like they're it's oh, yeah. a, it, that that part was good for drama, but it made no fucking sense. Right. Right. But it, all that is to say, there's a lot of there's a lot of like hidden inequality in mm-hmm. in in the games that are that are being that are being played, and you know some some games are tailored. To, they're, well, some of them are strength and technique, but like again, the old man knew the techniques of tug of war, so which goes which yeah. goes back to the him having lower stakes and and, and just it, you know interestingly you know I, just, I thought it just occurred. What what would have happened if they lost tug of war? <laughs> like does yeah. does the old guy just die? <laughs> like, like that's another question I had. I'm like, well, see, does he just not give a fuck? I mean, he probably has what like 
a year to live has a brain to him. He's like, I'm going to go out in style. I might as well play one of these games. Fuck it. You know, <laughs> oh, that's you know, what I got. I don't know. And, right. And, you know, but then he, but he, he, he gave the, the guy the marble. He was able to bounce it off a glass. You know, there's another advantage. There's a lot of, there's a lot of places where people have advantages over other He's people. like the ultimate cheat code for the tug of yeah. war scene. Right, right. Like, I mean, like looking back on like what the old man did, like first he, like he stops the riot. He, he, yeah, yeah. he's the, he helps, he, he has knowledge of tug of war. He basically spares the main character. Whether when, or not when, that was his intention, I'm not sure. That's when I knew he was the host was when, during the, um, the prison riot. When he ended up like on like a mattress, like way up in the air, I was like, "How the hell did he get up there?" Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. That's what I, I do. I was like, "Definitely, this guy's yeah. definitely the host." You guys are clearly smarter than me because I was just like, I was just like, oh, well, I was looking. I, I was looking. I was looking for something. So yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I think that there was. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also in mean, the, the classic inequality that was put into the game shows that they're showing that there were. You know whether or not fairness was by design. Inequal, you know, advantage was definitely something that is was allowed because the honeycomb game was totally designed to screw the people who picked one sign over and uh, other mm -hmm. and, and others not. So it's just like, um, I mean, the umbrella was nearly impossible <laughs> to uh, to to was nearly impossible to chisel out. Um, it was just like by sheer. By sheer uh, by by pretty much sheer dumb luck, he was able to to make it to make it happen. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I mean, overall, though, I mean, like again, I still I liked the first six episodes, and I don't regret that I invested time in it. But I, I again, I just feel like it it posed a lot of interesting questions, and just didn't have for me a very satisfying thesis at the end. There, I I, I agree a thousand percent. That was my exact feeling watching the show is I loved everything up through Marble. And then once Marbles happened, that episode ended, I just felt it was on a swift downhill trajectory and I really yep. didn't like how a lot of things wrapped up. But I, but I enjoyed I enjoyed um, my time with it before then a lot. And I liked the music a lot too. I know, Carrie, you mentioned it earlier in the episode as a joke, but... I, I thought the music was cool. I love the music, and I actually oh, love yeah. that scene in the first episode when, like, when um, the main character is um, playing that that flipping game. I, I, I forgot what it was called. Um, yep. Just yeah. actually, just a great scene in concept too. Just like oh, as like, an initiation into the game. But I love the recorder music that played. It had like a sort yep. of a childlike quality. Oh, really? I used to play the recorder in elementary school, so I saw them like, oh yeah, just like uh, band practice. I hate it. So there's a lot of stuff uh, that. In, in Squid Game that directly sort of like um like thematically pushes it towards like childhood not just the nature of the games but like uh the way stuff is set up the fact that people are on bunk beds for example in the, in the housing coming um the use of color um someone, I was talking with someone at work and he was like and he was telling me, uh, so light red and light green are super common colors in kindergartens in Korea. Mm. Like they are a, like those are two standard kids colors, which is why they are used for the color for the guards and for the color of the, uh, for the players. Uh, there's the, the music choices. 
the recorder is commonly played by grade schoolers yeah. as like a first instrument in that one. In that. Uh, the use of classical music. Like, uh, you know, Blue Danube is in there a lot. Um, the fact that even, the fact that even the pink soldiers have sort of like, like their whole lives are very strictly regimented and they even have a, it's time to go to bed, kids, you know, message at the end of the of the day. It almost felt as like that the soldiers live a very grueling lifestyle, like a very 1984 mm-hmm. uh, fascist life. Uh, dictatorship lifestyle oh yeah no it the, the the soldiers were in a very sucky situation and in terms of like better ways to pull back the curtain i would have been very interested in you know especially when you saw that while well, the soldiers was like a kid like getting it like kind of how do you end up as the as the in the horror of running a death game is being a guard for a death game and uh i think they could have really gone dark and played with that with their with their running time quite a bit guess what they're in debt too. No, no, it, it, they're in debt too. That's totally what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that is that the people chosen for this to be guards for the Squid Game are in debt? Probably not as much debt as the players, but still some, and they probably take the job with the understanding that their debts will be paid off. And again, as that would their been, identity remains hidden. That's a good. That's a good theory, and. uh I would be very interested in uh, in seeing how you select someone as a player and how you select someone as a guard. Um, I, think, I think a lot of it is, I think a lot of it is probably personality and probably the flipping game. The flipping game probably is designed to weed out people who would be interested, but to sort out who would be a player and who would be who would make a good guard. I would imagine there'd be something a little more sinister for. For the guard thing, I mean, like showing a lack of, I mean, you basically need to select people who have a lack of empathy and or are okay with seeing other people die and cannot, and won't crack under that. Um, Former mercenaries or kids who rob banks or bikes or just like, yeah, child soldiers, child soldiers, anybody who's on the wrong side of the law. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, again, it's a, yeah, it's a, it would be, again, I would, there's a lot of really dark commentaries about society you could do with um, the where well, by pulling back the curtains about how people get to be death guards, um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I mean that would make a great uh, season two storyline or season three because there's so much about the show I want to understand, but I don't know if that's just me oh, wanting yeah. to make sense of the some of the quote unquote plot holes of the show. I'm there with you, Gary. Yeah, one more backstory. I had a lot. I actually was wondering about something. So in the first game with the honeycomb. I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I had a theory that like the main character might quite might have had a similar background to whoever is pulling the strings in the game. Mm-hmm. Cuz like I thought, wait, is the main character sharing the same childhood from somebody who's like pulling the strings? Like that was another thing I thought about, but I don't know so, if that's just a common thing in South Korea. Well, so so the honeycomb that 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 game just from my general knowledge, it's actually really a really common thing across asia um no no it's like yeah it's it's like it's it's a game people play at festivals in japan is is cutting out the shapes and if you cut out the shape properly you win a prize and the harder the shape the better the prize you win so it's in more than one country 
apparently that's fairly common. Did anybody like guess the honeycomb like when they saw the shapes in the in, on the show, or were you just like, I didn't really watch the trailer. I wanted to be surprised by all the games. I don't know if you guys had a similar experience. Yeah, the the only thing I knew about was red light, green light from talking mm-hmm. to friends. Yeah, I, I saw the bad. shapes and I was like. I have a distinct feeling that the uh, simpler shapes are going to be the correct option here. Oh, no. No, no. Don't pick the umbrella. Oh, you poor bastard. Mm-hmm. That moment where he picks the umbrella and then he figures out what the game is and he just goes, I'm fucked. <laughs> it's yeah, just didn't, like, and didn't didn't his uh, best friend know what the game was ahead of time somehow? I forget how. Yep. He, 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 he figured, figured it, out. it out because he got the sugar. He, he, she, he was told about boiling sugar from the woman from yes. North Korea. And then mm-hmm. he like saw the symbols, and yeah, then he didn't give his friend the tip off of, or give his teammates the tip off of. Let's all do, let's all do do triangle. I think the game's honeycomb. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So one thing I want to touch talk about. There are a lot of little character moments for lots of different characters throughout this series. Um, because we do get, like, some of each character's backstories, and we see some of their little side, like, have some of their side stories go on after the second episode when they vote to end the games, and they all get thrown back, uh, (laughs) into the, into, you know, the quote-unquote real world. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to know what each person's favorite character moment is. Uh, and I'll start, because mine is actually in the first episode, as with our main character. When he's playing the flipping game, and he keeps getting just slapped over and over and over. But my favorite character moment for him, my favorite moment of characterization for him, is when he finally wins, and his immediate reaction is to go slap the other guy. (laughs) That he has gotten so into it, he's so into the game, that he has forgotten about the money in that one moment. Like, yes, yes, I want to get to smack you. And, oh, right, the money. Oh, right. I kind of... And you almost... You can almost see him thinking about, is it worth this much money to get the slap in at this point? That was a big... Uh, that was an amusing moment of surprise when he actually got the money. There was no strings attached. And it was just like, huh, uh, where's this going? Yeah, we were... Yeah. I, I, I was definitely expecting something horrible, like he was going to get killed, and then the nobody gets the money or something. It was all a trick or something. You know what I mean? Just for sport or something. I don't know. But, so that was interesting in itself. Uh, who else wants to talk about there? I'll I'll go because I'm I'm already talking. Actually, one my 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 favorite character moment was actually the um the the gangster guy when he goes back. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this tough guy is getting chased, you know, across this bridge by, you know, all these people he owes, he owes money to or the turning on him. And, and he has to and he basically just literally jumps off the bridge into the water to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was really interesting because, of course, when he's in the when he's playing the squid game, he's a, he's Mr. Tough Guy. So I just thought that was that was that was good. Anyway. It's like, oh, Mr. Tough Guy's actually a super loser, and there yeah, he goes right, over the bridge! Right, right. <laughs> Alright. I think we're still missing two people. Um, yeah. I think the uh, 
Well, I think for favorite moment, I mean, that's like, are we talking from that episode two or just overall? No, any, any moment. Just overall. I think my favorite character moment overall was actually, you know, when you were seeing him flashback to the riot. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that that was really powerful and it gave you a lot of insight. It, it was it was planted early on when you hear about his, his background at the auto plan and you also hear about him talking that earlier on to his wife about how he missed the birth of his son because someone died next to him. And yeah, I don't know I felt that that was something that I w- a thread that I wish that they'd really carried on more because that to me was really a lot of the uniting factor about you know what makes this guy different and also is kind of the tragedy of him that he went and tried to do the he's not the brightest guy not the best impulse control but he tried to do the right thing and his life was was ruined by it um, so I thought that that was but that that scene was just like you know riot and the tear grass and the guys with the red with, with the red tied around their their helmets was yeah that was that was really powerful mm-hmm. i really liked um yeah as a filmmaker actually bear i like that scene too and i like how the smoke that just kind of enters the room is all is all is it all in his imagination and the way that just kind of plays out was good um i got a few favorite scenes i'll just i'll just i'll just rapid fire them so the scene when Ollie saves the main character in red light, green light, and just holds him oh, up, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, oh my god, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. Don't it was go, just like, go. I've never felt so much tension. Like I feel like all of the orifices <laughs> in my body just puckered up, and I'm like, don't you let go, don't let go, Ollie. Um, pretty much every scene with the pickpocket girl, I love. I think I actually think she's hot, so that's probably the main reason. <laughs> I did like the scene where she just like held her breath like in the car after the gas and I'm just like, "Oh, she's such a badass." And then she just like pickpockets the knife and so, uses so, it in the so riot. Carrie, so Carrie, so fun fact, the the fun fact, the first scene with her where they where he bumps into her, he wasn't supposed to turn around and help. <laughs> so, he turns around and he starts like picking up and he hands her back her soda. If, and then turns around and leaves, he ad-libbed all that. And if you look carefully, you can see she is shaking with laughter. Yeah, I, I, I saw an interview about that, yeah. That's yeah, interesting, she's, because... She's just, like, cracking up. See, there was this, there, I, I saw that... I remember that smile on her face, too, and I was just like, oh, that's a really good actor. She's really layering the whole performance, but it's like, oh, that was actually a real thing that happened. That's, so yeah, that's That, cool. to me, is fascinating in, in terms of, like, you know, the meaning that a work takes outside of intentionality. Because for me, him stopping to help her at, when he's it's running crucial. for his life, it's yeah. crucial. Yeah. It helps to really establish him as, like, someone who's not just an irresponsible scumbag and bad to his daughter. That, is a crucial, that was a crucial character beat for me. Uh, did, did you yeah. think the same thing, Dan? Yeah, I did. Yep. No. I really like that. I liked her backstory about um, her parents who were trying to um, escape North Korea and like her taking care of a baby brother and all that. And I was really invested in her storyline up until the point when she died. I actually thought the way she died was really stupid when like a glass of a, a debris yeah. of glass just flew I, into her gut. I felt like, robbed. I felt robbed. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's really? bullshit. I call bullshit, and I was just really mad that she died because right in a game that focuses so much on like trying to keep it fair yeah like like what was that really a thing that the guys planted like oh like like were they just like hey i got hey remember remember that time in that one game when the glass exploded at the bridge why don't we like why don't we crank it up and just have the debris flying to the 
flying to the contestants. Maybe we'll kill off a few more people then. Yeah, that'll really get them. Like, well, that's the thing, Tristan. It's not fair. Like, that's that's what's no. It's super the whole thing. It's it's not a. Yeah. It's not actually fair. <laughs> yeah, it's not even fair for them. Yeah. Can I need one more moment before we yeah. uh, move on. If that's okay. Yeah. Of course. We didn't talk we didn't really talk enough about the crazy lady in the yes. on the show, the one who like who yeah. claimed Don't. to have a, a a child that she didn't name and then ends up just like being like the crazy bitch of the whole sorry, I shouldn't say that. Just the crazy just the crazy wild card of the whole show. Yeah. Like it was just scary. I just felt scared watching her, and I was just kind of like, when she when she was in the tug of war group, I really felt kind of concerned for her, for the all the main characters I grew to love. But I also love the fact that she... I, I like the scene when she just killed the gangster by just hugging him and leaning on the glass. Yeah, yeah. And it just broke. I would have been really awkward if the glass didn't break and it was just like... Yeah. Probably even funnier. Like, I was just like... Like, we're gonna die together. No! Plop! Yeah. <laughs> and then they just do the same thing until they actually get across the bridge. Just, just chain suplexes across the bridge. Yeah. Now that would have made the Squid Game more interesting because then you have like nine people playing, and then it's like, oh shit, anything can happen now. I, I have to agree though on that note. I know Barra said it earlier. When I, as I was watching the the glass bridge thing, I was like, there is so much opportunity here for a discre- disparity in numbers. Like, mm-hmm. so close to the end of the game, who knows how many people are going to survive this thing? Nobody, everybody, like. Uh, Right. There were just so many variables, <laughs> but well, and and they even sort of have that when they get to the marble game mm-hmm. is they have an odd number or they have an odd number of people. Yeah, but that's at that point. Yeah, but it's that's like simpler because one. Yeah, but that's one person. Like the 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 yeah. disparity of who could survive the glass bridge is so wide. Like. What if oh, it's, what, yeah. what 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 if the first guy a- guesses them all right somehow like yeah accidentally <laughs> what if somebody forgets like, right what, what if the, somebody yeah, forgets the pattern was. Right. <laughs> I mean what if some what if someone um what if what if someone smuggled in uh, additional what if someone kept all their marbles or everyone kept their marbles or their rocks I mean they clearly weren't searching people. And then they were just right. able to throw and figure things out. Right. right. Also, what if also what, what if what if what if three people jumped on one glass thing and broke it, and you couldn't get across? <laughs> like, oh, if, if it just shattered the glass, that was sturdier. Right. 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 <laughs> or, or here, here, here's my thinking. Here's how you break the the glass walkway. One, they tell you you have to take your shoes off. Yeah. Right. They don't say you have to leave your shoes. Take your shoes with you and throw them at the glass in front of you. Right. And see if it gl- see if it breaks. Huck it. And and of course, my favorite, which was corroborated by, I saw something online after the fact, is why don't why didn't people just walk across the beams? Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have imagined that the guys in charge probably like rigged the beams with electrical, like yeah, with electric yeah, shock yeah. or something, and they would have like they probably thought that shit ahead. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, turned, they did the lights off for the guy who knew glass. I'm like those fucking dicks. No, it was uh, there was there's there's a reason why 
we as people who like games uh, <laughs> we're like pissed off about Glassbridge. It's just like it's. Oh, serious! It's like it's, you, well, you can tell you can tell that none of the people who thought up these games have ever DM'd a session of Dungeons and Dragons because <laughs> that's exactly the shit your players would come up with. <laughs> Thank you, Tristan. That's <laughs> and I was thinking of Death Fest the whole time I was watching the show. Yep. Well, I will say one other thing is that Death Fest, which um, in case you aren't one of our listen, one of our listeners who went to Hampshire College and played Death Fest, um, is this big um, role playing game at Hampshire College, which is done in odd, partially in auditorium, has more like hundred to two hundred people, simple D and D rules. But um, it's also another thing that I can point out to where um, in death games people don't necessarily turn on each other. Like whatever right. the whole ethos of Death Fest is to screw people over. Turn on them, use creative morality. Except a death fest, and maybe it's just because we're all a bunch of fucking Hampshire hippies. But I do think it's like <laughs> that about generally what more happens is that people band together, they form friendships, they form groups, and they try to like beat the game themselves. So this is again in a death game where no one's dying, everyone's just eating food, having fun, playing a game, and people still be like, okay, y'all want us to turn on each other? Fuck you, evil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, DMs. We'll yeah. win as a group. Exactly. It'll totally happened this time. <laughs> I was always trying to be the nice guy at Death Fest, and that's probably why I never won or made it past like the the, the, the first two rounds. Well, like you, you just you were just never Batman with a Green Lantern ring. <laughs> I need a DM. I need a DM uh, a game one one time. You'll enjoy it. It's fun. It's a lot of. It's so much fun. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. Everyone should do it at least once. I'll make it happen. Good. It. I can't think of another. I can't think of a better way, especially if you're a younger person and you like are into Dungeons and Dragons, to understand perspectives of other people than to DM <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> like everybody doesn't think like you. <laughs> yeah, which is a good and a bad thing, but mostly good. Remember, remember, guys, if you if you've taken if, DMs, if you've taken your puzzles from the back of a cereal box. It's still too hard. <laughs> That's another conversation entirely, Tristan. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, no. Just it, that the, the joke is that they they tell you that the puzzles you should set for D&D for your players are like for like kindergartners or first graders, effectively. Because mm-hmm. if it's any harder, they just won't be able to figure it out in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. And- Anywho, any other one thoughts on in... Squid Game? I got one. Oh, go ahead, Kerry. I got one more, but go ahead. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually just deep diving onto the IMDb pages of of the show while we're talking. Um, really love the cinematography and just the set design mm-hmm. and the color scheme of the whole game. Mm-hmm. Like, just in terms of this color scheme, it made me think of just like of just um, Hard Candy for some reason. Um, I did actually like the way that like. Most of the scenes were shot. I love the I love the way that like they shoot shot the crowd scenes in the scene where like they're putting they're they're putting the game to a vote on whether to continue or not. And you can see like that the whole montage of like the shifting of the crowd shifting from one side to the other side of the of the room was just like mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but also just like I mean just the staging of like all the scenes, the set pieces of just like oh, yeah. all those games like the 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 robot girl that like looks innocent but. Like, and red light green light was just really cool and like um 
I'm just trying. I'm trying to remember like a lot of stuff. Like just the Mar- the whole like it was kind of stupid that they built a whole neighborhood just for the Marvel game. But then like the more I watched it, the more I realized like oh, I guess this makes sense. It's like it's a neighborhood, and they're just trying to make it accurate. And I guess you could play any kind of Marvel game you wanted. And so I guess I guess they they put the they put, it's money well spent, you know. <laughs> but it was like, but then also like inversely, I'm just like so. Why the fuck is there? I mean, okay, there's a place where they sell organs, and it's an underground scheme. But the people upstairs didn't know about this. Is is that is is that what I'm getting, guys? Like, is that because that was like a well, big well, that was a big plot hole for me. They sort of they don't explicitly say that, but they sort of imply that they knew all along and they didn't care. Right. Similar similar to when there's a riot and they stand outside the door for most of it, and then walk in later because when they get caught. The the front man basically says, if I recall correctly, I can't believe that, you know, fairness is what this game is about. And if he knows what this game is, he's cheating and it's not fair. And he basically says, you can sell organs on your own time or I don't care if you sell organs. Basically. Yeah, he says he says that I'm pretty sure he, he says it. It's like, yeah. So yeah. they're OK with a yeah. secret yeah. underground surgical layer being built. Right. Because it doesn't interfere with the games. Because it doesn't interfere with the running of the games. These people are already dead. They've already been eliminated as players. What happens to them afterwards doesn't impact the games or the running of the games. So was this underground surgical lair built, like, did it exist as long as the game did? That that was another thing. I'm just like, how long has that place been around for in relation to, like, the game going on? I think we assume just for this game, unless each time they found a doctor amongst the folks who could take the Mm -hmm. organs out. Right. Yeah. And who, but okay, but who built that slide, that, that little sliding, like, who built that slide underneath the, um, the crematorium that led to the surgical room? Like, it's so elaborate. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's my a guess, little, it's a little my, far-fetched. Yeah. Well, no, my guess is that, my guess is that that's the ash dump for the, for the cremation. And that what they do is they, you just open the, the ash dump early to drop it in. Then close it up and then just maybe run it through an empty, an empty. You know, oh, that actually makes sense. Oh, burn an empty. Co- I hadn't thought of that as an, uh, uh, as an ash dump. So once upon yeah. a time, some guys were like, "Hey, we should start an underground organ donor thing. Where do we put it? Oh, what about this room where all this ash is? The ash dump room? Yeah, sure. Let's just clean it up and make it a surgical office. Great. All we need is a doctor. <laughs> maybe one of the contestants is a doctor." I mean, well, but we know they have access to all of their all their files. It 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 is a lot of it is a lot of uh, what you call it. it's like uh, exactly. a, a lot of yeah. leaps of a, a lot of a lot of leaps. Yeah, there's a Mental number leaps. of leaps of faith in that for sure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But. Cool. Now, now the one thing I want to bring up. So, Carrie, uh, did you pick up? All of the foreshadowing uh, in the first episode around what he got for his daughter for her birthday. Yeah. So, so he, so what he gets in the prize crane is a wrapped uh, rectangular gift box, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, in which has similar colors to the wrapped gift wrapped coffins right. that all the bodies are carried out in. 
most deaths occur by gunshot. And the bodies are cremated. Because the gun's a lighter. <laughs> Clearly you've geeked out about this more than I have. But that's like, that's, that's cool. My my favorite little thing about this show is the um, the illustrations of each of the games that are hidden in plain sight on the walls of yep. the the barracks. I felt, I felt like those were added. I felt like those kept getting added after each. Oh, game. were they? Okay, never mind that. I think so. Okay, there's illustrations yeah. on the walls that tell you what the next game's going to be um, in the barracks, and I never noticed it while I was watching. They they start showing up more and more. Like, like you can't see them at first because of all the beds yeah, and stuff. Yeah, the beds, yeah. So you didn't notice them, but I have, I'd have to go back and re—I'd have to go back and rewatch. But I think that added the new ones as the games were completed. Right. Got it. Oh, so okay, it eventually it. formed a montage as you survived. You saw all the games you had been through. Gotcha. 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 Cool. I like the um. I was going to say, just a quick thing. I, I liked how, like, every time we went up around, all the beds of the room started disappearing. And then by the time mm-hmm. you get to the end, it's, like, just three beds and it's yeah. just an yeah. empty space left. Yeah. Yeah. But there's just, like, so much, like, at stake happening between the three characters that just feels like this, this large void. <laughs> I was like, I guess just, just the idea of, like, people using the beds as barracks and, and jail cells and, as forts for protection was just, like... Made me Another think. Oh group. man! Like these, these the guys upstairs really thought 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 about everything, like how to stage riots and how people might use, you know, beds and shit as fortresses or weapons or well, whatnot. But at the same time, at the same time, that's another callback to childhood. Right. Making forts with bedding. Yeah. Oh, while we're on the subject, I did really also think it was pretty epic when they were eating their dinners, their final meals. And then they just leave the one steak one knife, knife on yeah, each, of their, like, on each oh, of their play settings. Oh. Like, oh, that's where they're going with, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That was the moment where it's like, oh, you've gone, you've decided to go full psychopath. Okay, okay. Okay, no, you're, you're, you, you've decided, no, we're just going for it. Okay, okay. I will say that when. When I realized that the guy was, when that guy was start sh- showing signs of, um, of uh, being immoral, like I think I think it started when he was saying like that he was saying something about how women shouldn't be in the group because we need stronger men. I was like, oh, you're a dick. And then like once it kind of grew and I realized he was an asshole, I was like, uh oh, I think uh, this guy might be a problem. And then like when the when the when the when the gangster dude died, I was like, oh yeah, they need a villain. So they need a villain. For me, it was the it was the honeycomb game. That was like the oh oh he's gonna be a dick. Yeah. No, he he knew and he didn't let his childhood friend or any of his allies no. in on the uh, yeah the secret. That was the moment where I'm like oh you're gonna be a dick. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. That was that was that was that that was that was it for me too, Tristan. That was yeah. when I was like, this guy is. Because at that point it was so Except. simple, and he only had, fo- he, and he had only. It wasn't as if you had to. Care- there was only three allies. You don't know how far things are going to go, and one of them literally is your is not a rando. He's like your fr- a friend who drove you to school 
that allowed your entire life that you then blew up because you were a greedy embezzling fuck. Like, mm-hmm. this guy never did anything wrong to you. Um, as, as, morally ambi- as, as morally ambiguous as the main character is, in terms of his relationship to his friend, he literally just is the guy who, helped, who is, was nice to him and made it so he could have a better life. Like, um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's a, it's a, the personal betrayal is really, was really strong there. Um, mm-hmm. and very apparent early on. It's the relationship between him and Ali. Like, I really love their friendship. And then when it just went south, it was just really crushing because it was such yeah. a nice relationship that was, it was a really well-written relationship for a show. And I just thought like that when that moment happened, I'm like, I hate him. And I don't know if what what version you watched as far as like subs, but one thing I did learn, there was some stuff lost in translation, but mm-hmm. effectively throughout the show, um, Ali refers to the best friend as his big brother um, in Korean. Like, like it's like a term specifically to say that sort of like, you're my big brother, mm-hmm. which I think makes that moment a little bit even more Oh shit! Yeah the the English dub is not good. I didn't even watch the English dub. Well, this is like even yeah, the, this even, even just the, don't even the sub. Yeah, like, I, I didn't like get Big the, Brother from yeah. the sub either. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like one of those right. You know, languages aren't one to one. So a hundred percent. It's a a good translator. Speaking of which, before but before we go, um, there was a, I read a fascinating article from the Guardian interviewing like the English the the voice actors who did the English, which felt really you know which I ever a lot of people noticed was pretty stilted and such, and uh, it was funny because there was a wide variety of things like the guy who played the dude who was um, who got naked, um, they he is apparently the most prolific author of books about the Beatles to the point where like I believe George Harrison's wife was just like she would never want to see his face. He's read thirty two books about them. And he lives in what? Singapore, and he's like, "Yes, no, it's a. What do you mean? People haven't responded well. I'm getting fan mail. A woman like, uh, I sent an autograph to my woman, and she showed a tattoo of it. And I've been getting sexual invitations from men and women. And then there's this other guy who was like, I just feel really embarrassed about my performance. And then the third person, I'll, I'll link the Guardian article in the chat, but um, he had kind of a middle ground where he's like, listen, you know, I'm an actor in Korea, but it's a little complicated when." You know, the line, if the, the lines are done through like Google Translate and the person who's cutting the film and such is not a native English speaker. So they might not pick the uh, fr- pick the take that is the most natural or has the um, or has the dialogue that's been corrected by a native English speaker to seem more natural. They'll pick something that works better with the shooting. And similarly with like Black Panther, um, they had scenes in Korean where Korean speakers were like, this is awful. And it's a similar problem. If you don't have a native speaker right. doing the writing and cutting the film, uh, then right. you have the possibility of having language that's technically correct but sounds weird and wooden, even if the people delivering it are professional actors, which they were. Right, because you have to match the original beast. That, right. That's the problem. And it, can, and it can take a lot longer to say something in one language than another, and you're, and you're trying to cram all that in around the scene in a way that it makes sense that you're not talking into the next shot. Yeah. 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 But uh, I'll find that, uh, I'll find that article and link it in. Uh, because, yeah, please do. Because it, it, yeah. it was, it was a uh, pretty, fa- it was pretty fascinating uh, just to, that's good game. English. I kind of had a nitpick about something. Always. What's that? 
I didn't like the actors who played the um the the VIPs. Yeah. Oh god, no. Oh god, no, they were awful. So yeah, something about their cadence and the way they were speaking yeah. and just all that. It was just it just felt like they just they just found some westerners on the street and said, "Hey, want to be on a TV oh, but, show?" But Harry, like, that, yeah, that's what the article is about. Um, uh, those folks uh, specifically yeah. about the VIPs. It's specifically yeah. about the VIPs yeah. and how, like, you know, it's it's that, that a num- number of them, not most, uh, if not most, I think the the guy who was naked was not a professional actor, but most of them are professional actors in, who work in Japan, in Korea. It's just they didn't write that dialogue, and you know, we, when that's being um, when the, when the movie was being cut. Um, it wasn't necessarily being done with someone by someone who was having the quality of the English performances in mind from the perspective oh, of the English that's perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, gotcha. Uh, actually, the good quote from it. I just linked it in there. Um, because you made me think about that about those guys. And, okay, I didn't know it was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's all good. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if the movie, if the show would have been better if they actually had like well-known actors just playing the VIPs. Like, I don't know if that would have just demystified the sort of, um, like, you know, when you cast an unknown and there's no like baggage you have when you're watching an actor, like it's just kind of like an unknown entity. I kind of wished, I mean, I don't know. I mean, better dubbing is probably what I, what I really want to say, but. So uh, here's the thing. It said a perfect example, says Giuliano. Oh, Giuliano, Giuliano, it's like. My first line in Squid Game, Squid Game, you see me say, listen, I'll give anybody some slack. That's not what people say. They say, I'll cut anybody some some slack. Right. In all subsequent takes, Giuliano made sure to say, cut some slack. But in the final version, they went with the give. So again, it's not anything about you know criticizing you know the quality of the Korean filmmakers or that um, necessarily that the acting was bad. It was just you know like when you were dealing with like P. When you're dealing with speakers of one language into another, you know, unless you're having someone who is, unless you're having care taken in directing and editing and writing from the perspective of a native speaker of that language, it's going to, it's, it it can potentially suffer and be wooden and seem off. Let's also remember that, let's also remember that we are approaching this, uh, this is a series made in Korea. And we are Americans mm-hmm. discussing Amer- English dialogue. Right. Like, it's like you don't. We don't complain about like like if we go see a movie with people speaking non-English. We don't complain about the non-English, you know, dialogue being stilted or broken. Right. Right. Although, again, this article you know? is talking about how people really hated the Korean dialogue in Black Panther because. Again, you know, it wasn't done by Koreans. It wasn't done by what that that same process. No, 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 I'm I'm talking. I'm just. I'm talking. I'm talking. Not even. Not even talking dub. Oh no, I'm not talking about dub. I'm talking about there's lines in Korean when there. Yeah, there are lines literally in Korean in Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. and those lines that are literally spoken in Korean, people said that this is awful. What are you? What are you doing? Like we put this in as like international flavor, right? But we didn't take the care or time. To make sure that it, that those Korean lines sounded right to a Korean audience, just as this Korean production didn't make take the time to make sure that the English lines would sound right to an English audience. Which again, you know, I mean, right. we're Americans; we don't have to be catered to by a culture. But that's kind of um, that's not even what happened. It's not necessarily right. that they just got bought, uh, that they got branded people off the street. They didn't. It's just 
that's it's a tricky thing to do. I will say, um, in terms of uh, though that uh, in cultures where where people are flu where, where fluid and doing acting in both places, like if you see an, uh, a movie that's made in India, um, people will be speaking Hindi and then they'll speak English, and that will all like mesh up. Um, at least in South Africa, because again, English is one of the official language languages of India there. So I think. Oh, you mean so, yeah, because they just switch back and forth between uh, English and whatever Indian language. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Whether it's whether it's Hindi or oh, etc. Yeah. You know, like you know, you know how it goes, Carrie. It's like um because the because the switching is a part of the culture, then that makes an easier trans transition in a movie. So oh, in the movie and such. Hashtag first world problems. Hundred percent. And that's and this is why books like um the expand the expanse novels mm. are so fascinating because in those worlds like all the languages have collided into one basically mm-hmm. and and they they've made a new language and it's just a amalgamation of everything from earth because they're in space and they're the all, aqua yeah. i still i still need to read the books or should i watch the show first i, I need to read the books too i, I watched the show without I watching watched the show do... i didn't like it very much but the books are really you good you can do either one in my opinion if it helps, if it helps being able to put like faces to names in the books, I, I didn't like the couple episodes I watched of the show, but it was at the very beginning. I'll probably try to give it. I tried wa- yeah, I tried watching the first episode. And I was like, eh. But I, yeah. it is it is a slow burn. I I really liked the show, but um, I went into it having not read the books, so um, I definitely say say give it a shot. And uh, again, and you know, I, I'm sure I know Allie would back me up, and we're. We're both big yeah. big fans of the show, um, and I. But I also need to read the books. Uh, it's interesting. I start, no, go on. Oh, I was just going to say I. I started with the show, and then picked up the mm. books. And yeah. interestingly enough, there's one character in the show that when I was reading the book, I was saying this guy would play would totally play this character in my mind, and it was the guy that they ended up casting. Yep. They yeah. cast Thomas Jane, like, and it was Thomas it, Jane. No, in it's, your mind? no, it's one. No, it's like one of the bad guys. Like later on. Oh, nice. I was like, oh. this guy would play this guy. And sure enough, they actually cast the guy. Oh, like, that oh, guy. Oh, oh shit. Is it Marcos? Is what? it Marco Inaros? No. Um. It's is it the guy on the uh, on the uh, uh, who with the, the security officer, um, the, the guy. I'll have, was, to, I'll have to I'll have to look I'll have to remember I'll have to look back and remember who it was. Yeah, but I'll hmm. I'll I'll share it when I when I learn it. Yeah. No, I think that this is um, uh, uh yeah I yeah I think that this is, I don't know it's it's interesting. Although I will say that in terms of language stuff, it's it is fascinating the idea of like oh having languages merge. In that, like, on the one hand, that happens, but on the other hand, you do have multilingual societies as well, too, right. where, you know, just, like, language isn't just all... You don't use the same language for everybody. Or, um, in, in, you know, like, you use the language, one language for business, one language for family, one language for when you're uh, doing religious stuff. So I think it's, um, I don't know, it's a kind of an interesting concept of, does everything blend together, or does does so just the thing is outside of geography make it so language um still stays diverse and different i don't know it's a fascinating thing to think about to me mm-hmm. and by the way that the um it's anderson dawes is who i was talking about the character oh. anderson dawes yep nice the actor is um jared harris mm-hmm 
you've you've seen him in things he's like a he's you've like a character he's a character actor yeah um i i just i read the book and it's like it's this guy in my mind that was actually the guy in the show anyway anyway i'll i digress any, any other thoughts on squid game no i mean yeah oh no no i i was just saying i mean i think i i think i synthesized it a bit ago like i I don't regret that I watched it, but I like the six a lot more than the three, and I wish that they'd. Uh, I wish that they had uh, managed to stick the landing, and uh, I, I don't really feel like we need another season of it, even though we will certainly get it. Carrie, <laughs> what's your thought? Oh, okay, Dan. So I just googled Jared Harris, and I was like, oh, it's uh, Ulysses S. Grant from Lincoln. Oh yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. That guy is a hard ass. Yep. <laughs> fucking Richard Harris's son. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I want to see him now. Okay, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to go off topic, but I had to geek out about that. No worries. So, my thoughts, you know what's interesting? And I'm just kind of saying this as a film geek. Um, I really like that. It seems that Korean films and I guess Korean TV shows are getting more of a, a spot in the mainstream audience. Of, yep. uh, of America because I think with because um, I mean first of all I think Korean thrillers are, are really clever and I think there's a lot of untapped riches of like what movies have come out from Korea in the past 20 years including the works of Bong Joon-ho and Chan-wook Park um, and, and amongst um, amongst many other brilliant Korean directors and I think that Squid Game kind of checks a lot of the boxes of just like a nice piece of pulp entertainment with social undertones and a clever premise and a sense of irony and like if even if even if it weren't like the most sort of like intricately plotted story i still get a lot from it but i do like that you know that and movies like parasite which just won best picture and best director are now making it possible for more Korean stories to enter the U.S. market and become more part of the mainstream audiences, and to be more. I mean, stop, like, like stop, like it's like you know, my friends are always talking about like Squid Game, and I thought to myself, oh, cool, like I never, I've never seen them rave about anything from Korea before. This is great. Like I hope we get more of this stuff in the future, which I think is kind of becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a guy who's speaking, speaking as a guy who also loves Korean horror films, which I think is like my favorite subgenre of horror films ever. Um, it's just cool to see that come into play, uh, you know, in this era of movies and TV TV series. Yeah, I'm really glad we're getting that we're getting to the point now where we can actually get and have access to different series and different like directors and creators from a bunch of a bunch of different countries now. You know, streaming has really really made that kind of a thing we can do. And I'm really happy for it. What what I'm excited about with this whole thing is, and maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe there are already other examples of this, so I so I apologize. But it's nice to see a a culture being having such an owned representation mm-hmm. in media in the United States, where we're you know where we're saying okay, these are Korean films that we're watching and that we're enjoying, versus like some weird take that we have or. Maybe somebody took something from a different culture and changed it. It's like these are mm-hmm. these are Korean films that we're watching or Korean series. Yeah. Now, now, have any has anyone here seen the Squid Game SNL sketch? I have not. It's I, I very oh it's a musical. It's a musical number, 
and it's a country song. And it is, and it is exactly what we would get, basically, if we made if there was an American version of Squid Game. Ah, uh, awesome. Which hope which which will not happen. I hope because I don't want it. Please God, don't let that happen. Honestly, I just want to have more Korean content because I feel like people will get hooked to that shit because it's just like it's got everything you want in a show, right? I'm getting a lot of long silences. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's. I, I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait to see what the next Bong Joon Ho film. No, I mean I, I really like um the, the, the Bong Joon Ho did great work. Um, the guy who directed uh The Handmaiden and uh and Stoker um they uh he he does great work. No, I mean I guess for me what I'm most excited about outside of anything just from Korea period is just like again. I just want to see more directors from around the world um, giving great art. So the, the more great art I can see, whatever language it is, whatever medium it's in, um, I would, uh, you know, is I'm going to be happy. It's going to make me a happy man. And I think, I think that's part of what I was trying to say, Vera, is that like, it's cool that it's, that we're saying, <laughs> it sounds, it sounds weird to put it this way, but it's almost like these are Korean films from Korean directors with Korean actors and it's okay to love them and like them and, and watch them. And I'm hoping the reason why it's exciting to me is that I, it opens the door for more representation throughout the world. That, that, that's, that's sort of why I'm, why, why, why I say it. Yeah. And, and, and it's enjoyable without having to be like pretentious about it, mm-hmm. you know, well, not like, Oh, oh no, you haven't watched all the French cinema of the 1930s. Mm, yes. Mm. Well, I mean, I think it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, literally that's carry. also me taking... And that is literally, guys, that's literally my thoughts. Like, I won't say it outwardly, but I'm thinking, these motherfuckers uh, need to watch more of 1930s French... French. No, uh, this doesn't compare to the French New Wave. No. Mm, no. Well, I mean, I no. think... Still inferior to the French New Wave. I will say that it is that there have been different times in the United States... Um, where people have, you know, where where foreign films have been hits. I mean, you know, uh, my parents' generation went to the Swedish films of Ingrid Bergman. Uh, I mean, Ing- Ingmar Bergman. Sorry, I'm not. Ingrid Bergman is was different Swedish person. Um, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> I mean, I, I, everyone loves Ingrid Bergman, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Um, she was doing most of her acting in English. Um, you know, and similarly, you know, like there's been. You know, like, uh, you know, like the the Bicycle Thieves, um, La Strada, you know, like in terms of Italian film, uh, the movies of Kurosawa, uh, you know, Jean, Jean Cocteau of France. You know, like we've, there's definitely diff- different periods, but I think what streaming allows is that it does make it so that it is just potentially accessible to a lot of people. And also you don't have the barrier of like, am I going to spend money on something where I'm going to have to leap through the barrier? I mean... Bong Joon-ho had the great thing where I think it's an Oscar acceptance where they're saying like, if you just get over the barrier of watching like the subtitles, you have so much cinema that's open to you. So to me, I think that it's, um, anyway, yeah. And I think Korean films have been getting played because like a number of them are these, you know, have, have these really, co- are really compelling, um, you know, accessible stories. But, you know, I would argue that cinema from any number of cultures, I mean, I've seen, compelling and accessible Iranian films and French films and, uh, and Japanese films, etc. So I think that it's a, you know, I think that, um, I mean, Korea has a great blockbuster industry, which I think is, uh, it contributes to it. Why it's Korea that seems to be breaking through at the moment, but 
don't know. I think that I just, I want to see more from everywhere. Um, and uh, more Korean stuff. Amen. Hopefully with like where Netflix is going, because we're getting a lot of just thrillers from Europe, from Germany and Denmark. And, and um, I mean, I guess even more shows from just like uh, Great Britain. I mean, it's just, it's, it's cool to just see, to just see, yeah, more stories from like all across the world. Because there's so much like, I mean, I'm kind of going off on a rant. Like cinema's only been around for like a hundred years and we've yet to scratch the surface on like what kind of cool stories you know, we can, there's like so, so many more stories we can tell. And I feel like just any films from abroad coming here or any TV shows with like interesting concepts are kind of good. And because in the sense that you get exposed to them and it helps you as a writer or, or, or it helps one as a writer, just like think more outside the box. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely, we're all for it. Awesome. Any other closing thoughts? Oh, I got a card in the mail with some strange shapes on it. <laughs> you think I should like call the number? I don't know. Maybe you I'll should call, call the, the number. number and apologize to the guy at the other end that he gets so many phone calls. Why? I kind of want to oh, see. Did you not hear about, about that? No, no. Did you not hear about that? I actually met some guy in the subway. And I played a game of Tiddlywinks and he slapped me around and then I won and I got some money. So I don't know. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll check this out. Seems. No, Seems legit, right? there's someone with the real so the phone, phone number, number on the car. Yeah. What's there's that? someone with that real so, so phone, phone number n- in Korea, and they've been getting less well, calls. Well, no, no, so so the number on the card in Korea is not a full number because I I think in Korea, South Korea, I think phone numbers traditionally have ten numbers. Um, but if you but what ended up happening is anyone who dialed that number. Their phones auto-completed zero and one as the first number in the sequence, turning that not real number on the card into an actual number. Mm. So some poor guy in Korea was getting like 4,000 calls a day. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Maybe I'll, uh, I'll call this number and see what happens. Wish me luck, guys. Nice. Best and of luck. I never saw him again. Well, I mean, to be clear, and I, I do think that this is this is to, to be clear. I will I will say I find this distasteful. But if someone actually really does want to do Squid Game, um, the Mr. Beast YouTuber is trying to create it in real life. So um, obviously there will be no killing, but there will be a giant game competition of 456 people, as organized by the Mr. Beast. So, uh, um, yeah. No, no, we can't. We can't have Squid Game be real until we make Keijo real. It's a different thing. (laughs) That was both beautiful and resigned. They were trying to get it into the. They were trying to get into the Olympics. Until Keijo becomes an actual sport, can't have Squid Game. There is chess boxing, so that's all we need. And Olympic skateboarding now. Brave New World. I just want to do mud volleyball. That's what I want to do. Nice. Uh, Anybody else have anything? Dan, you have any party thoughts? Nope. Neither do I. Awesome. Um, Kerry, why don't you uh, hit us with any self-promo you want? Sure. Um, So, if you'd like to see any of the um, video content that I made, you can go to www.carryvisualnothing.com 
Um, I'm assuming my name is going to be written somewhere in this description of. This I can put it. I can put it in. I can put it there so people can get to it. Yep. Um, if you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at Carrie V for my boring ass life. Carrie V Productions for my film. Carrie V Photography for my photos. Um, and I actually, if you are an actor or an actress, I am going to be holding. Um, wait, let me rephrase that. Um, I am going to be having a table read pretty soon, so if you are interested in reading the script, um, feel free to reach out to me. I will be holding auditions next month. Um, I'm not sure what the age range is, but I will keep you posted if you are interested in following me um, on this short film journey I'm about to embark on. Excellent. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Uh, Bear, anything you want to promote? Uh, So please subscribe to my newspaper, The Daily Hampshire Gazette. Um, in the Pioneer Valley, if you want to get some uh, great local news from Western Massachusetts, or also, um, or just want to support good local journalism, also follow the uh, Twitter account of uh, my labor union, the Pioneer Valley News Guild. We have been fighting for a fair contract for years. Uh, things are about uh, things are uh, beginning to uh, come to a bit of a head. So um, definitely follow and see how you can support us as we try to get basic things. Like reasonable, like reasonable raises, and not our employ, and not my my fellow workers be able to be outsourced at will, because um, that sucks. This has been my TED talk. Thank you. I'm sorry, Barrow. It's all good. We're we're ready to fight. We'll be good, but uh, we could use your support. <laughs> Tristan, anything you want to promote? So, just as a reminder to all of our listeners that we are still doing a contest. Wherein you can win a special edition copy of the first season Blu-rays for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All you gotta do is come up with a stand for Dan. Uh, you can go to spoilermedia.net slash JoJo's to enter in. Anyone in the world, you are free to uh, free to add in your form. The contest is only for people in the contiguous U.S. I'll send it to you in Denmark if someone from Denmark actually enters this. I will pay the money. Yeah. Right now, do it right now we are right now we are desperate for more entries we have one right so, yeah give it to the man yeah we have at least one um but we need more and you guys have until we record the episode for the second part of part three I, the second half anywhere in the world uh, i will send it to you just just I, if you're a if you're a lonely Marine on an Air Force base in Kuwait, <laughs> I will send it to you. If you were a bored Korean housewife, I will send it to you. If you are Russian President Vladimir Putin, I will send you this JoJo's box set. You, there, is a, there is a hole Don't in your heart it. that can only be filled by this JoJo's no, box set. Bear, we have limits here, and that's we have limits here. Not Putin. Uh, Fuck him. <laughs> uh, just to give, just to give you listeners an idea of how much more time you have. Uh, we, are we are just about, just about at Darby the Gamer in terms of episodes. So we are nearing the end. Time is running low. Your window for entering this contest is shrinking. Please do it. I, I have two copies of this because they accidentally sent me an extra copy. And I want to give it away. Yes. And I will pay. giving you free things. And I will pay money to, give, <laughs> yes. to, to help Tris give this away. We are paying money for this competition. Exactly. exactly. I will se- Be thankful. I will send it back to Japan from whence it came. Oh, shit. He will pay the postal, the postal fees, guys. Exactly. 
You can find that contest. You can find our other episodes of the JoJo's spoiler cast and all episodes of the spoiler cast. All there are 89 of them on spoilermedia.net. You can also subscribe to this podcast on any number of glorious podcasting apps, including just getting the old RSS feed. We fixed that. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Yay. Google Podcasts. Uh, you can even find us on Spotify. I know you kids love Spotify, Stitcher, and all those fun podcasting locations. Until next time, have a nice day. Stay safe, Gunboos. And may the odds always be in your favor. <laughs> Please bite the judges. Spare!